I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Friday edition of The Call. Great to be here with you as we cover 10 stocks in detail picked by you with my two expert guests over the course of an hour on this, the 24th of September. I'm Nadine Blaney, and special welcome to those of you joining us on Twitter and YouTube, where we're live streaming as well. And by the way, we do the show every day, if you're new to it, Monday through Friday. And you can catch up via our website, or you can listen to it in podcast form as well. I know a lot of people, particularly in Sydney and Melbourne, have been doing a lot of walks around the block lately, myself included. Let's get on with it on this Friday. Always fun with this duo. Junbei Liu is joining us from Tribeca Investment Partners. Adam Dawes from Sean Partners. Guys, it's really good to see you on this Friday afternoon. How's your week been, Adam? Oh, it's been really good. Really good, but really busy as well. Like lots of corporate stuff going through. Markets having a little bit of a wobble. Uh, you know, it's just providing lots of uh, activity, lots of volatility, which is sort of potentially unnerving a little bit of investors at the moment. But um, look, it's been a really good week and I'm glad it's Friday. Yeah, well, me too. <laughs> Junbei, when we spoke with you earlier in the week after that market wobble, Adam referenced, you were excited because, of course, there were opportunities. Did things play out as you had been expecting? Uh, it's pay out, always pay out much faster than I expected. Um, so I think the day we're talking about buying the dip and the share price rallied away ever since then. Um, so, you know, you know me, uh, whenever the share price fall um, because of, you know, worry about certain things and it's always a great opportunity to find good company. So, yeah, no, it's always a good week. Good, good. All right. Well, I know we're looking forward to the weekend, but let's get through uh, this program, which I've been hanging out for. I chose Aventus as the stock of the day, guys. So I'll just run you through a little bit of the news out from the company today. It's put out a trading update saying that cash collection across its portfolio has exceeded forecasts that it provided just back in August. So we're talking the 18th of August. Things have improved since then, which is interesting because it's a retail landlord. It says that uh, trading has about 81% of stores open, 31% of that click and collect. Looking ahead, it says that conditions will remain favorable across retail. And though it's still unable to provide guidance currently, it is talking about confidence inspired by the COVID-19 roadmap, allowing it to provide an improved uh, dividend. So it's, it's made the decision to increase dividends at this time. Look, I'll begin with you, Bay, because all of that sounded really positive from a company that has many of its centers in lockdowns. It's pretty incredible. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, I, I must say that um, uh, this company actually has managed the, the lockdown pretty well because of the location of its centers and, uh, you know, less CBD centric and the like. And the rent collection is looking very strong. Now, this is a sort of consistent feedback also out of the some of the bigger malls as well. It's just, that, of course, right now uh, the traffic is well down. Um, and um, yeah, so look, this company um, has managed very well as its share price has indicated, um, you know, asset value you continue to go higher because of the you know the cheap interest rates and and the like generally property trust listed property trust um, they get the revaluation of its asset because based on what the prevailing interest rate might be um, and so because the interest rate is being so, so low the asset value just keeps growing so asset owner is really you know having a great time during this sort of environment and this company's earning has been reasonably defensive throughout that whole period um, I think the key thing is that look at uh, relative to this one, I'd much rather to be um, buying the likes of the cent um, you know, the uh, the center group and the like, um, because these are the ones that are trading at much bigger discount to its asset value, and most of its portfolio has been impacted by uh, the lockdown and the pandemic. And in the next 12 months, those businesses will have much better, much sharper recovering earnings and exposed to similar sort of dynamic, um, but the earnings recovery will be much sharper, um, and it's a lot cheaper compared to the, you know, the asset value um relative to this one um so this one is probably more of a hold for me uh, much rather than being the center a center group um and this one also recently had a lot of insider selling as well so kind of probably will take a little bit more time to wash through got it so adam it's not that it's a bad business in june bay's view it's just it's already priced in some of that recovery story is that how you see aventus i mean do the dividends attract you Look, certainly um, if you take the backdrop of higher inflation and numbers starting to move, uh, you know, with inflation, you, you do want to be close to some property uh, stocks or property market stocks due to the fact that they can continue to raise their prices as inflation starts to come through. Obviously, inflation isn't uh, has been a bit of an issue. And now, uh, obviously, that's taken a little bit more of a back all the tapering and the quantitative easing that's going on at the moment. But, um, yeah, look, it's something that I, I'm, I'm sort of agreeing with uh, Jumbay. I think that it is right to be looking at the larger ones because the larger ones, Centre Group and, and um, and well, you know, there's, there's Stockland even, um, you know, they, they haven't really run as hard as these ones have. So I, I'd be cautious of the regional centres. Remember also the regional centres are the ones that only have like a Coles or a Woolworths which is their main tenant. And then they've got lots of specialty stores that sit around that. So I'd be a little bit cautious as to, you know, those main tenants don't pay a huge amount of rent they, because they're the anchor tenant. So they're about sort of 4% rent, but then the specialty stores are about 12%, uh, you know, on their sort of takings or rent per month. So um, you need to make sure that those ones are solid, which obviously Coles, Woolworths and Audi have been certainly very, very solid. And look, the share price certainly looks like it's moving in the right direction. But I agree with Jumbay, I want the big ones and I want the ones that are in the city centres that haven't really seen that take up, haven't really seen that traffic foot traffic coming through. And we know that that potentially, fingers crossed, that this all comes through and Christmas is going to be a good trading period for a lot of retail stores. Yeah, well, I must point out that Aventus has a lot of exposure to, um, you know, companies that, that service the home, you know, a lot of those uh, 
good guys and JB Hi-Fi and Adairs and all that kind of stuff, which of course we've been spending big on our homes as well. But Aventus Group is not a buy from either one of my guests. So that's stock of the day not going in the portfolio. Let's move on to the questions that have been posed by our viewers. And this one is good one coming from Lynn. It's Woolworths saying how, you know, what about this buyback offer? What, what do your experts think about participating in that? So it's an off-market buyback, Adam. Shareholders yep. are being invited to sell at a discount or at the buyback price. Yep. What, you know, what advice are you giving clients in terms of participation? Giving uh, advice every day on this one, and certainly okay. for retail ones, the Commonwealth Bank, uh, the Woolworths, and obviously Transurban came out with the retail entitlement offer just uh, two days ago or so as well. Um, so. Basically, first of all, um, you need to seek professional advice because we're not tax advisors. So that's the first thing you need to uh, seek professional advice before you do anything within the buyback. The second part of the buyback is that generally it's a way or an effective mechanism for companies to return franking credits back to shareholders. Okay, so that, that that's a big thing for 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 you as a, as a shareholder to get more access to those franking credits. The third thing is is though that generally a buyback is only good or only beneficial for clients that have a zero or a fifteen percent tax rate. Okay, now um, that that could be pensioners, that could be a lot of people, but that obviously excludes a lot of other people as well. So. You need to be in that sort of tax bracket for the buyback to make uh, 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 to make sense. The capital component or the buyback capital component is four dollars thirty-one for Woolworths. Now that's fantastic because the share price, let's say the share price is at thirty-nine dollars or forty dollars at the moment. That means you're selling your shares at a discount or the capital component of four dollars thirty-one. So that's absolutely fantastic. And then the rest of that is a fully frank dividend. So again, you need to seek professional advice before you go ahead and do this, okay? Now, the third thing is is that they obviously ask for a discount and you need to put a discount into when you put your form in. But I always pick that pick the, uh, the, the, the full discount and, in the full, uh, and, and the, at the full price. So basically, you're going to take whatever they're going to give you. And then generally, like the Commonwealth Bank one, it's a $6 billion buyback, off-market buyback, but that's only around about 3% of their capital. So there is going to be huge scale backs on these things. So you need to be mindful of how much you're actually putting into this because there will be those huge scale backs going forward as well. So to wrap all that up, mm -hmm. Nadine, is that it is beneficial for clients with a lower tax rate and it is beneficial for you to put some of them in but don't expect to get your full allocation on the buyback. You will get scale back and there will be, say, Commonwealth Bank, I think is a minimum of 100 shares, which is about 10 grand. So I think Woolworths will be somewhat the same. So it is it is a good tax strategy for clients, but generally only use it for clients that are uh, overweight a certain stock. So something like Commonwealth Bank, they're mm -hmm. overweight, and then hence I'm I'm happy to reduce into that buyback for them. Same with Woolworths, a lot of clients are overweight. So. I don't know if that answers the question, but I, I think I've gotten halfway there. Well, it's a lot of information, so thank you for that, Bay. The other side of that coin is that if you don't participate in the buyback, then in essence, it's a very simplistic way of looking at it, but your Woolworth shares become more valuable, of course, because there are fewer on offer, correct? Uh, theoretically. Mm. Um, and now I think Adam's been fantastic in covering off, um, you know, all of that, uh, you know, in terms of retail 
tax positions and where you uh, might land. And, you know, I'm certainly telling my mother to buy, uh, to surrender into it um, because, um, you know, because she has a very low tax rate. Yeah. Um, now, uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, putting this buy, um, buyback aside, um, you know, uh, looking at the business on itself, right? So if you don't um, participate, that means you, you know, you think the share price is going higher. Now, Woolworth has been the huge benefit, well, not beneficiary, has done very well throughout mm -hmm. the pandemic in the last year and a half. Um, as a retail investor, you know, share price probably is not going any higher like because the thing's just been so good for this business. Um, and, um, you know, when, when the world does return to normal, people will spend uh, perhaps a little bit less uh, through the supermarkets. Um, and also at the moment, there's also a bit of uh, pressure coming through supply chain of having stock available for Christmas. Um, I think Woolworth themselves have said that potentially maple syrup will be gone, gone by Christmas. So um, there's a bit of cost pressure. Uh, there's, uh, you know, a bit of, uh, um, you know, stock shortages. Um, so look, the earnings will be fine, but, you know, you probably looking at flattish earning for the next couple of years and you're paying a big price for it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's probably the most expensive staple at this point. Um, you know, for me, Woolworth is a, um, it's probably a sell. Um, and, um, you know, I would put into things like Endeavor or even Coles has uh, really, you know, been hurt by the latest lockdown. So, you know, it just make your, uh, your money work for you. Yeah. Okay. And, and I will revisit you on that because if you've got a lot of people asking you about the share buyback, that means you've got a lot of your clients invested in Woolies. Are you advising them to hold overall or to lighten as a general rule of thumb? I absolutely agree. Oh, sorry, yeah. Adam, you go. Yeah, go, Adam. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, no, I... I Basically, I, I, I've got to buy on Woolworths and I'm quite comfortable. I said to a client the other day, I always like bread, milk and cheese kind of stocks because, you know, no matter what the economy is doing, uh, it is basically going to do well. He said, well, I'm uh, dairy and gluten free, so that doesn't uh, re relate to me. <laughs> uh, I okay. tell you, Adam, what do you tell your clients to put in? You put in the alcohol, which is Endeavor. <laughs> that one's much cheaper, a lot more growth rate, and then there's a lot more, you know, reopening thematic. Ding, 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 oh, ding. I think it's a Friday around here because, yeah, everybody's got a bit of wine on the mind today. Uh, so you're a buy for Woolworths. Uh, yeah, Jumbe is a sell. I like that you guys can disagree. That makes a market. And Jumbe, I had no idea that we are looking at a maple syrup shortage by Christmas. I'm going to yeah, stop Yeah, buy that. it now. <laughs> yes. But I think after this show, after this show, uh, you may well be shortage tomorrow. <laughs> Oh no, I cannot handle, I can't handle the imitators for obvious reasons. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> yeah, but it gets stuck in a quarantine. All right, let's go on to the next company on our list. It is Boss Resources for Callum, B-O-E, Bay. Last week, we were talking about uranium that was swiftly replaced by Evergrande this week. Still though, uh, plenty of interest in uranium companies. Uh, Junpei, you can either talk to the thematic or talk to Boss Resources in particular. It has this honeymoon uranium project in South Australia. If you're interested in uranium, is this a good way to gain exposure? Yeah, look, uh, we actually have a uranium fund uh, in our company, and uh, um, this is actually their top pick. Um, so we were actually substantial in this company and recently just seized, um, really just taking some profit because it's done so well. Um, you know, according to our team, that um, th this 
clients, it has all the project ready to go, has all the approvals, have uh, um, you know everything ready to go. So um, to me, it's um, much high quality compared to the rest of them. So it is probably the one that you want to buy to gain exposure to uranium. But now, um, taking a step back uh, in terms of overall uranium sector, um, I think you know there's good demand coming through for that. But do be mindful that um, the sector has gone through tremendous return in the last month or so. Um, so you know it, 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 there can be a little bit of heat coming through, um, especially if the world is going to worry a little bit about growth and things. So, um, but this is the one um, is uh, is the one to buy if you want to gain exposure to uranium. Yes, and uh, noted that perhaps it would be better to do on a pullback. I know that you guys there at Sean Partners are favorable on uranium. Is Boss the pick of the bunch? Ah, uh, look, we got we got two. Uh, Paladin and Boss. So I'm going to okay. stick with our Sean Partners uh, our research and say that, yes, Boss is a buy for us here at Shores. One of the things that you've got to look at is obviously the spot commodity price. And what happens is with anything, whether it's coal, iron ore, anything like that, the spot price will determine where the share price is going to go. So obviously we've seen uh, iron ore come from $240 down to $100 or below $100 this week and then smartly come back up. And we've seen BHP's share price, Fortescue's share price and Rio's share price follow that iron ore price down. Now, what's happening at the moment in the uranium market, and uranium's had about 20 million false starts over the last 10 to 15 years. Everybody said that uranium market's the place to be, and it never, it's never it been a bit of a false start. But what's happened that's different this time, it's different this time, what's happened is that there's a, a Canadian group called Sprott Asset Management. Now, Sprott are going in and buying physical uranium in the market. They've got a very large gold fund called Sprott Asset Management Gold Fund, and they use uh, gold as a store of value. Now, what they're doing with uranium is exactly the same thing. They're going in and buying physical uranium in the market, which has then moved the share spot, sorry, not the share price, the spot price of uranium to sort of all-time highs over the last 10 to 15 years. But what has happened now, we've seen a little bit of a pullback in the uranium spot price. But what Sprott Asset Management has said is that they've now put over just a billion dollars into the uranium market and they've got another billion dollars to reload to come back in again. So that makes me feel very, very confident that this uranium market will continue to do well because of this Sprott Asset Management buying that's going in behind that. So we've got a buy on Paladin and a buy on BOE. Bay, are you comfortable with us putting that one in the portfolio? I think the BOE, I'm a little bit more comfortable. And the Paladin, look, I still have to look into. Uh, I, I agree with Adam. That's been so many years. And um, uh, Paladin was one of the first that we heard about the uranium probably a decade, more than a decade ago. Um, so, yeah, I'll stick with the Boston. But now. you're comfortable. You're comfortable putting boss in. That's what I was checking in on. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay, yeah. great. That is going absolutely. in the portfolio. All right. We are on the ball here today. Let's get to Lynch Group, LGL for Frank. I had to look this one up and I thought it was pretty interesting. It only listed in April 2021, so granted, not a lot of history there, but it's been around for a long time. This is Australia's biggest seller of cut flowers, but it does so into the Australian market and the Chinese market. I'm sure I'm not telling you guys anything you don't know. Um, so it has been hit through COVID, obviously, also being hit by supply chain disruptions, but it's thinking about expanding its operations in China. And I don't know about you, Junbei, but I love having fresh flowers in the house. What do you make of, uh, of this company, Lynch Group? 
Yeah, look, it all sound very interesting. Um, I, I, I like it. But look, let's talk through the you know other things. Uh, the, the main reason I like it is because the growth angle for this company, being the you know the largest one of the largest distributor in Australia, um, is that they have this growth angle into China. Um, that's when they listed. They, they raised money to buy out the other partner, and they essentially you know trying to gain exposure and sell flowers uh, sourced from China and sell it to Chinese household as the household you know getting richer. Um, I always love that. Angle and they're doing quite well there um, and you know this is where I feel um, you know where the upside is coming from now the big part of the business of course is Australia which is a very mature business um, you know and uh, and I think in a way they did get disrupted by the pandemic however they um, you know because of pandemic Australia actually import a lot of its flowers which I didn't realize before I learned about it um, they um, so it actually cut out a lot of companies Competition. So during the pandemic period, and you know, obviously people can't travel. There was a lot of flower scent. Um, so all these flowers, actually, you know, they've been getting very good prices uh, for whoever can get the price through. Now, once we start opening the border, there's a possibility um, for you know more competition to come in, um, as it was with a few years ago. So you know, so for the big parts of the business, that might be a bit challenging um, as the you know world returns to normal. But with China, I certainly that's what's attractive. Um, now I'm putting this. Stuff on the hold at this point because it is incredibly illiquid um, and um, you know it's it's coming out of private equity um, recently actually had a good result a big perspective um, perspective forecast management done a good job um, it's just that liquidity is has been very tough I kind of need to see a bit more execution um, just given you know it's, it, it's history it's short history Adam how about you yeah, look, it's one of those ones that is very, very illiquid, and uh, that, and I agree with you, Bay, that it is always a concern when you need to get in and out of these things, and it's just a little bit tight because it really, I think, by the time I come on the show here, I don't think it had actually maybe maybe even traded you know one parcel of shares today. So. But it certainly looks interesting because, as Junbei said, they definitely beat their guidance. They came they came in with a guidance range of 31 to 32 mil, which is quite small. So that means they're very confident that they are going to get that uh, range or get that guidance. And that was lifted up, lifted from 29 million from the prospectus forecast. So that's pretty good as well. They have a dominant position in that flower growing space. And, you know, my, my wife loves fresh flowers in the house as well. So, you know, I always get a tick when I bring home a bunch of flowers. Um, but look, uh, besides that, uh, I don't buy the supermarket ones. So like, uh, you know, they're, they're, the supermarket ones are a little bit sort of uh, dodgy. Is that Ooh. fair to say? But no. Throwing shade um, on supermarket flowers, I see. And I'm, I'm I love your wife. the supermarket <laughs> flowers. Um, I get Aldi flowers sometimes. <laughs> listen, listen, it's like, it's like petrol station flowers. Like they're not that great, are they? Let's be honest. Um, anyway. Um, I'm, I'm digressing, but look, I think uh, revenue looks good. Uh, they've upgraded EBITDA. They've got a net profit. Um, my only real concern is is that illiquid or uh, that, that that it can't trade a lot. So you know, I think this one is 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 a is a hold for me as well. If we see uh, a bump in the road and this share price gets whacked, then absolutely this is a time to be buying this one. But up here, it looks a little bit lofty and a little bit tough to to manage for clients. So. I'd stay clear just at the moment. Mrs. Dawes is expecting a really beautiful bunch of flowers now when you return home from the city. All right, let's get on to APA. This one is from Shahana, and uh, she's given us a bit of color. Obviously, she sees that uh, there's potentially um, an attractive dividend yield on offer. She thinks potentially 
a share price upside. Is it time to buy this reliable dividend player? Keeping in mind as well, it's got a takeover bid for Osnet on the table. She's wondering if it will boost the share price. I must say though, guys, you know, we've seen a bit of weakness in the APA share price after it made that bid for Osnet services. Jim Bay, I'll start with you on this one. Do you like the story of APA transforming itself into an infrastructure business from a pure pipeline business? Uh, I'm just a little bit confused. <laughs> it sounds like uh, they're trying to turn themselves into a ultra-defensive business uh, with a very little growth. Uh, look, it's just uh, it's confusing to investors because um, you know APA has always talked to potential growth in the U.S. and things, and all of a sudden they started bidding, um, trying to outbid Brookfield, and you know um, to to try to get a um, you know domestic infrastructure business. So it does seem a little bit confusing in terms of where they're going in terms of strategy. Um, you know, my view of APA is that it is just not a, uh, it doesn't grow its earnings. Um, it's really just a dividend business. Um, it's extremely passive. Um, and, um, you know, I'm actually not sure about the synergies once they do take over um, AST. Um, and, um, you know, its dividend is pretty high in the current market, given the interest rate is very low. Now, the problem with those companies, you have to be careful, is that they're, because the earnings is not growing, um, maybe they're just getting desperate, they have to buy something, because earnings is not growing. Um, and if the interest rate ever in the future goes up, it will see its earning going backwards because you know these are regulated uh, uh, utilities and it's difficult for them to pass on 100% of the rise in interest rate so their margin just get crunched so which means the share price will go down um, now we're almost at the verge of seeing some of the interest rates started moving higher a little bit in the longer end you know so say in two three years time um, you know this company will absolutely be impacted so um, yeah so I, I can't get very excited about this business um, only thing only way out for this business is for mergers and acquisitions someone come in uh, either a super fund or something take it private it's um, possible but you know can't invest based on potentially who might get taken out so that is an avoid for June Bay Adam yeah. does APA have some defensive qualities that are worthwhile in a portfolio yeah look absolutely it's been it's been a the last three four months hasn't been a star performer but certainly uh apa has has always had that defensive characteristic about it because it is basically infrastructure and they clip the ticket from the gas pipeline in mumba uh, all the way through to the, the the ship in Brisbane, and the ship then takes it off uh, over around the world. So, like you know, it's a fantastic business. Just clip the amount of gas that's going through the pipeline. However, what I, I take a step back and say that you know, it is it is it is interesting to look at this business because there's a lot of companies out there. You know, Canadian Pension Fund, all of these big guys that are looking for infrastructure stocks. So you've got Sydney airports getting taken over. You know, you've got Spark infrastructure getting taken over. These guys are, are looking for good quality infrastructure assets. So this firmly, to Jumbe's point, firmly sits in that sort of, this could be a takeover target. Okay, so, you know, you look at that and you think, okay, well, that's great. Uh, uh, you know, maybe I'll look to buy some because of its depressed price from 11 bucks down to 874 where it is today. However, I think this has uh, been also hit with a bit of an ESG kind of um, uh, angle that people aren't wanting to get access or don't like uh, pollutants or oil and gas and those kinds of things. And they're sort of putting that into that ESG bucket and hence it getting sold down uh, regularly as well. So there's a couple of things that are going for it, but there's also a couple of things that aren't working for it as well. 
I think they're trying to make this acquisition because they can see that they need to then diversify earnings and they need to diversify that out and how they're going to do that. They're looking at AST as, as a way to do that. But for me, I think it's a definite hold. I've got a lot of clients in this and I'm just, I just don't know what to do at the moment. It is, it is looking shaky, but it has got such great assets that I'm potentially hoping for a takeover. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'd say hold. I really think it's a great business. They run it very, very well, pays a good dividend, but it's just in the wrong space at the moment. So it needs to shake off some of those bad uh, vibes. So it is not a buy, and that is APA Group for Shahana. Look, we've got one more on the list before you guys can have a bit of a breather. Uh, it's Magellan uh, from Sabir saying, look, is it a stock you buy for the long term, like Warren Buffett says, be greedy when others are fearful because the share price has been hit hard? Adam, Magellan. Look, this one has been hit really hard, and really it's got a lot to do with not the fund, because the fund has doing okay, albeit he's had a lot of cash and he's been very vocal about holding a lot of cash. And look, if this market does take a bit of a sideways move or a downward move, these guys will outperform because of their cash holdings. So that, that that's absolutely uh, sitting in there. But it's really about some of the other acquisitions that Magellan have started to do uh, in the back end. So they're buying Baron Joey or have bought or taken a share in Baron Joey. Um, that's looking like it's going to take another five years because, before it becomes profitable. And that's certainly something that uh, I think is worrying investors. They've also uh, bought the FinClear uh, asset or uh, book, which is uh, basically a settlement. So, you know, they are trying to do a couple of other things with the, the business. I think down here, it looks good. I like it. I think th they know what they're doing. Um, I haven't I haven't put a buy on it yet because I haven't seen that it's fallen, but I haven't seen that sideways movement that you like to see in a share price before it starts to go up again. So I might go out on a limb here and say somewhere around here it's a buy because I think at $54 it was looking very expensive. At 37 I think it looks good and you can sort of see those previous lows. It's looking good that there should be some support here. So I'm going to go out and, and say it's a buy, but there's lots of water still needs to go under the bridge on Magellan. And he needs to, being Hamish, needs to, I guess, make markets feel a little bit more comfortable about it. Because what we have seen as well is a lot of retail outflows. And it's the first time in many, many years. And Nadine and, and Jumbo, you and I have been talking about this stock for a long, long time and always said, look, they've had so much great inflows. Everything's fantastic. But we're now starting to see some outflows coming through. And if that starts to pick up some steam, then this share price could go a little bit lower as well. But I think it's a buy. I, I like the business. I like I like what they do. Uh, I'm comfortable to, to, to pick it up at these levels. Would you be a buyer of Magellan at these levels if you're a retail investor, June Bay? Uh, no. Um, so <laughs> let me address some of the things that um, uh, the uh, in the email the retail investor has mentioned that, you know, is uh, Magellan something buy that you can just buy and hold and, you know, put in the high quality company, put in the bottom drawer. No, I would never hold a fund manager in the bottom drawer. Um, so only as a manager I would hold to put in the bottom drawer is Macquarie Bank. Um, because it's reach, it's exposure, and it, you know it's um, um, all these factors that's going for that business that is very different. Whereas the equity fund managers, you um, you have to trade them, so you buy them when they um, seem to have to have time. But you need to buy them when their flow start to turn positive. Um, you never want to buy a fund manager when the flow turns negative, because when it's negative, it put pressure on the investment team um, to, the, to generate outperformance, and then they actually um, then people will leave and 
then you know generally creates that sort of negative uh, momentum um, and when the performance doesn't turn then there's more outflows and you know we've seen many fund managers um, you know list of fund managers like the uh, Janus like the Pandle you know in previous few years they all went through very challenging periods um, so you want to follow the flow where whenever they have inflow you can you know buy into them um, so at the moment who's having inflow uh, Pinnacle is having fantastic inflow and they give you a fantastic leverage to the upside as well it's expensive um, but you know it's just got such a great momentum going for it um, you know Magellan's on the other hand is going the other way and um, the challenging thing is at the moment the performance is a little bit weak um, and they something like 16% behind high, like their benchmark now that will take a long time to catch up so that means the outflow is not going to disappear anytime soon so your share price will follow that outflow um, and um, you know Pendle potentially have a few um, things uh, positive uh, news flow coming through just on in terms of flow so you want to be in the managers that's kind of just turning positive um, and get gathering that positive momentum and then they give you a good return but look fund managers you've got to um, trade them when you make your money you do want to take some profits thank you June Bay thanks Adam we're at the halfway mark I'll just do a quick summary let you guys catch your breath and uh, think about what's coming next now the uh, first company that we discussed today was the stock of the day, Aventis. And I picked it because it's traveling really well through this pandemic. But Jumei says it's a hold. She'd rather be in a, a center group, for example, that still has the recovery story ahead of it. Adam agrees he wants to be in the CBD, in those prime properties, as this recovery takes hold. So that's not a buy for Aventis. Woolworths, it is a buy for Adam Dawes. We had a lot of detail there on the share buyback and options available. Just keep in mind that what we do here, it's information only, it's not advice particular to your circumstances. And particularly in this case, you do need to get some tax advice as Adam detailed. Now, Junbei says as a company, she wouldn't be buying Woolworths. It's a hold at best. In fact, I'm wrong, it's a sell for Junbei. Why wouldn't you put your money in Endeavor or even Kohl's, but I think Endeavor, with um, its exposure, uh, has interested Jumbei more. Boss Resources is going in the portfolio. It's a buy from both of my guests. It's very high quality. And uh, yeah, you do want to get on that uranium train in Adam Dawes's view, and you can do that by Paladin or Boss. Lynch Group in the flowers space. It's a hold for both of my guests. The biggest issue is its illiquidity, but they are watching it with interest, growth in China, and uh, an interesting part of the market, considering it beat its prospectus forecasts, which was quite tight as well. APA is a hold for Adam. He does say that it's looking shaky. It's in the wrong space right now, but he just is not ready to ditch it because it does have those defensive qualities. It's pretty well run and it pays that reliable dividend. But Jumbe says, no, avoid it, sell it. It's confused. There's very little growth, doesn't show earnings. Uh, not sure of the synergies. If it does get Osnet services, it's not a no-go for her. And you've just heard them talking about Magellan. Magellan is not one you put in the bottom drawer in June Bay's view. You need to trade fund managers. You just told her saying it. And you want to wait to get in these guys until funds under management are growing. The only company that she put in the bottom drawer in this space is Macquarie. So take that for what it's worth. It's a buy though for Adam. He says he wants to see more sideways movement before getting in, but at these levels, he thinks it's cheap.
That is what we've been talking about today. Now you heard me say that Voss is going into this fantasy portfolio that we have going on here. Thanks to our partner, NabTrade, any company that gets two thumbs up on the day. So a buy today from our guests goes in. And weekly, we're up, well, just smalls. It's been a volatile week over the month, 1.7% year to date, more than 5%. But since the inception of this, of this portfolio, we're up by 42%. And both of my guests today have put companies in there over the past year and a half. Yesterday, we added a Tomos. Recently, we added Core Lithium. Uh, we ordered, added Zoom to you this week, Drone Shield, and AA Co. It's been a big week. We've taken out A2 Milk, New Hope Medical Devices, and Rio Tinto recently. Now you can look at that portfolio. The address is on the bottom of your screen, osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. So there you go. Let's see if we get any other companies into the Osbiz portfolio. Evolution Mining is the first on the list. EVN for Kareen. Um, she's an existing shareholder, but she's Wondering whether with all the money printing and all the bad news out there at times, why we're not seeing the gold price rising, wants to know if Evolution is a company that you like, Adam. Yeah, I, well, in, in a word, yes. Uh, I, I think Evolution is, is a very good company. One of the things that I think Bitcoin has got a lot to answer for at the moment is that, you know, I think Bitcoin has taken away a lot of that gold trading or that sort of uh, store of value that we've always seen for gold. And that's really sort of why I think that the gold price, in fact, the spot price really isn't moving in, in, in the right direction. And then I think the second thing is, is that, uh, you know, we've started to see some of the consolidation in, in, the, in the mining space. And it's basically either go big or go home. So, you know, you, you've seen the Northern Star and the Saracen merge it together. Uh, Newcrest is big enough. But it seems like that evolution has been left a little bit on the sidelines uh, at the moment. So, look, I've always said evolution, Northern Star and Newcrest are my sort of top three picks in the gold space. Um, however, um, I, I think Northern Star looks a bit cheaper on, on an evaluation and production model. So I think that it's going to be ranked Northern Star uh, sorry, Newcrest, Northern Star, then Evolution is my sort of third one in that space. But all in all, I think that uh, overall the gold price should do okay. If inflation starts to rise, you know, it's the same story. We might see that gold price start to tick up, which should then help Evolution. But I'll be neutral on Evolution at the moment. I'll, I'll have a hold and sit on the sidelines and see how it goes. Jim Bay, I know that you prefer the big miners in the gold space over any of the smaller players of the um, explorers, most certainly. Do you think that evolution is a happy hold? Would you prefer to be in one of the other big players? Yeah, look, I, I think it looks okay. I prefer to probably more in the Northern Star, um, but I think it looks okay. Um, Newcrest, I'm not a massive fan of. Um, so look, <laughs> and uh, look, so that's kind of my press room preference for that space. And I think just to answer to the um, US question is, um, you know, with all the money printing, gold should do well. Look, normally gold price does well um, in two um, sort of environments, uh, either when things, inflation is becoming rampant, out of control, you want to be in gold because, you know, that's kind of um, uh, inflation hedge. Yeah, that's where gold sits. Or when the world falling apart, everyone's worried about you know, whether there will be tomorrow, gold is a holder of value. So 
you know, only at those two extreme times where, you know, gold normally performs very well in these two times. Now, we're somewhere in between at the moment because we have recovered from pandemic. You know, things were actually looking a little bit better than expected, uh, but we don't have really severe inflation issue yet. So in between periods, um, it we will see some weakness across gold because, you know, everything else that looks more interesting, uh, whether it's cyclicals, it's um, other businesses. So, um, you know, gold normally do lose its shine a little bit during the sort of this phase. So, um, yeah, so my, you know, it's uh, my uh, sort of exposure to gold is sort of more neutral because I just feel this environment is probably not fantastic for the gold price. Um, but out of the majors, I do like the Northern Star and Evolution kind of looks okay in that basket too. Got it. Thank you, Junbei. All right, let's get on to the next company on the list. And Teotech, this one is for George. He says they've submitted a rapid antigen COVID test to the TGA for approval, but is it too late? So, yeah, we've talked about this company before, I think with you guys. Um, ADO, Adam, what do you make of it? Yeah, like it looks good. Like, uh, you know, and, and all of the things that, you know, they talk about, the company talks about, you sort of think, well, actually, it makes sense for what they're, they're trying to do. But I, I, I sort of like, I look back to something like a Nanasonics. And, and, and in the early days, Nanasonics was getting some really good traction with all of their photon and, and, and the um, antibacterial microbe probes that they had. But the problem is that they couldn't ramp up production enough if they got a large order. And I think this is exactly where uh, Antio, A-A-D-O, is, is at the moment, is, is that they've got existing inventory for this, uh, this strip that they can use to test COVID. But the problem is that they're not going to be able to ramp up production enough to get it there if there's going to be huge demand for this. So they've said that the Australian or their Brisbane uh, strip manufacturing is to come online early 2022. But again, you know, and they've got some capacity existing manufacturing in Spain, but that means that they've only can, they can only really do around about 32 million tests or equal to about 1.2 million kits. But the amount of testing that COVID is doing at the moment, and we see the numbers every day on television, you know, this many people were tested, this many people have got it, this many people have died, you know, all these kinds of things. And then does the, the, the vaccine actually negate a lot of this testing needed as well? So. I think it's in the right space. I think it's a little bit late, as you said, Nadine. I think it's a little bit late to the party. But I'm just concerned on that ramp up of that production. If they do get some large orders, are they going to be able to fill it? And then, you know, you sort of then have to spend more money to ramp up production. And then, yeah. So I'm a little bit cautious on this one. I don't think I would buy it. But if you've got it, I think it's in, it's in, in a good space and it should do well. So it's a hold from me. Because, June Bay, we are likely to be submitted to rapid COVID testing for what the foreseeable future in certain scenarios. So there's got to be a way to play it. Is this the way? Uh, yeah, uh, possibly. I think it just, I'm um, absolutely agree with Adam that, uh, you know, with those businesses, the early stage, um, there's a lot of risks, even if they get approval and everything, um, everything seems ready to go, things go wrong. <laughs> and uh, contracts always take longer to come through and, uh, you know, ramp up a distribution costs and um, initial stage of rolling out and ramp up always have hiccups. And uh, we've seen it again and again with and most med tech companies
companies. So um, my view is that it's in the right place. Uh, it, it feels a little bit late, um, but I think that there will be sustained requirement for that sort of test. Um, but the question is, you know, you, you also have to be mindful. There are heaps of other companies also rushing to um, come up with similar sort of technology and things. So competition will pick up as well. So, you know, just feel a little bit late um, at this point. Um, you know, if I hold it, um, sorry, I wouldn't be holding it. I couldn't imagine holding it. Um, so uh, I, to me, it's probably a void <laughs> at avoid. this stage. Got it. Thank you, Jim Bay. All right, it's lunchtime. I'm getting a bit hungry. The next company on the list is Retail Food Group, RFG Pizza, Donut King, you know it, Gloria Jean's Coffee. Now, Sean has written in to say, could this be a turnaround story, a reopening story? Once shopping centers are full once again, also talks about new management, looking to really turn things around. Um, first year in a while that it's made a profit as well. Jimbe, what about RFG? Uh, it's, 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 it's too early, too early. You need to watch it a little bit longer. Um, this company has had a very challenging turnaround. They have so much problems and issues with their uh, franchisees. And as you know, you know, as a master franchiser, you make money from um, selling products um, and things to your franchisee. And if you have a you know, terrible track record, it always take a very long time for that reputation to rebuild and to build enough confidence really for your franchisees to expand and things. Um, so far, I think, you know, the management, new management has certainly demonstrated um, that they, you know, they're real about it and they really want to turn this around. But it just, to me, um, you know, I just feel there are so many other opportunities to uh, to invest in that kind of business. Look at Domino's, how much money they made from this whole, you know, pandemic and, you know, even throughout the last decade that it's been listed and now it's expanding into other markets. You much rather to pay a little bit more to be with uh, the market leader that has rather than a turnaround story um, you know turnaround story is always going to be difficult um, and they will do well for a couple of years and there'll be something else um, it's just hiccup and um, it's just a lot of execution risk involved with this one um, i'm avoid um, much rather to be in the likes of domino dominoes that's a bonus buy coming from june bay all right adam how about you yeah, so we cover this one, and I'm going to stay with our analyst on this one. Sure and Partners has a buy on RFG. Ready, everybody? Towing. This is high risk. <laughs> yeah, this okay. is high risk, okay? So, like, don't go out and buy it because, you know, potentially Jumbo said no and I said yes. But um, it, be, just be careful with this one because it is a very, very high risk, and it is a turnaround story. But there is two catalysts that I think – will do well for this story. And, and and the first one is obviously reopening of COVID. Absolutely, I think that, that that will do well. We've got a 14 cent price target on it. So it is a little bit above where it is at the moment. But the second thing that I really like is the ACCC and it is in, in court at the moment. Now, my, one of my first rules of investing is never get invested with a, a business that has legal proceedings against it. Due to the fact that it takes their eye off the ball from running the business, Plus, it also drains extra costs with lots of lawyers and every, every uh, else trying to get in on there. So it definitely drags the business down. So once that ACCC announcement has come out, and if it is positive for RFG, that is a huge uh, stumbling block that these guys will get over and we can start to move forward. And I think that's one of the biggest things that's holding it back. ACCC was supposed to announce it about a couple of weeks ago, mm -hmm. but they um, delayed it. 
and now they're coming out. So I think it's definitely going to come out before Christmas. So that would be my first catalyst. The ACCC says tick. The second thing is that the management is very, very, very good. They have done very well to turn this business around. It is still struggling and is still very, very high risk. But I do think that management have it in the right place to go forward. So there's a couple of things there, but be very careful, people. Don't buy this one just on the back of me saying, yes, I like it. Sean, you heard that. Take it on board and do your own research. Let's get to BAPCOR, BAP City. Just yesterday, sent a rocket under its share price, saying that the risk-reward trade-off has become favorable now that the share price has declined. It has a buy on the company. Also, again, this theme, you know, this reopening theme continually coming up. Um, Junbei, you've referenced sort of the new normal post-COVID. Uh, is BAPCOR, in your view, one of those companies that you can have in your portfolio to benefit from that reopening trade? Yeah, um, BAPCOR confused me a little bit about the reopening thing. Um, so because they have done very well um, uh, leading up, you know, uh, during the whole uh, re uh pandemic period, um, kind of initially when we had the lockdown last year, if you remember, and very quickly, you know, a lot of major cities opened and then the roads were busy. There were a lot of people driving on the roads and, uh, you know, so the car yards have, have been busy. So, you know, things actually have been going very well for the likes of this one. Um, and, you know, even the um, uh, super retail, it's a uh, it's car components as well. So that's been actually been doing really well up until recently. We have another lockdown and um, obviously earnings have been impacted. So, you know, in a reopened environment, yes, the. Uh, you know, car yards will do car dealership. Uh, well, car yards will start doing a little bit better. Um, but um, you know, honestly, I just feel um, the net net exposure. Once we can start flying, um, maybe we won't drive as much. Um, maybe we'll travel interstate instead. But look, it is cheap. It is cheap. It has been uh, punished on the poor result. I think you know you'll make your uh, missing good digit return out of this one. Uh, it's a hold for me. Uh, I'm not super excited, but I think it will make some return. Um, but you know, for a reopening trade, there are so many others you can make a lot more from. Got it. Thank you. Adam, how about you? BAPCOR, what's the house view at Sean Partners? Are you going to tow it or go your own way? No, I'm going to go my own way on this one. Uh, we don't cover it, so uh, I'll uh, I'll go my own way on this one. But look, um, it, it's very It's the consensus is very conservative for what they've got. And, and, and I'm reading City's research as well, where they did say that they're sort of upgrading their forecasts and the compound uh, annual growth rate of around about sort of seven and a half percent. So it actually doesn't look too bad. The first thing is this is a rollout story. So in other words, they need to roll out more stores to, to get to more people and, and those kinds of things. And they're sort of doing that. But they've been obviously held back by the COVID side of things. But if borders do open over the next coming couple of uh, weeks slash months, fingers crossed, then a lot of people will be driving and, and that obviously works well for them. Now, on the negative side is that, um, you know, new car sales, new car sales continue to rise and there's a lot of demand, but also in the used car space, there's, there's lots of demand as well. But obviously, if a person buys a new car, you don't really need to get lots of parts. You don't really need to get anything because you've got a new car and it's sort of there for sort of three or four years. So you'd like to see new car sales slow a little bit. That would help that cause uh, retail business going forward as well. So borders opening. I'm with Jumbay. I'm a hold. I've never really gotten involved in this story or, or looked at it. Uh, I'm not a car person myself, so um, I, I'd say a hold, um, but it does look cheap on, on a metrics valuation. 
Thank you, Bepcor for Jen. Let's move on to this final company on the list for Jim. It's Enero Group, EGG. And I clearly remember being hosting this program with you guys when we could be in studio together. And Enero coming up, and both of you, just going by memory, thought, aha, it's actually interesting. It's an interesting company. So Bay, have you done your research since then? Have you formed a, a view on Enero? Would you be buying it today? <laughs> I looked at it again. I was thinking, gosh, that looks familiar. And then I go, oh, that looks interesting. I will do more research. <laughs> Chevra seems like doing okay. Um, yeah. And uh, look, look, it absolutely looks interesting. And uh, no more, more homework required. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I stand by what I said last time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are keeping Anaro on the watch list. Adam, how about you? Uh, creative content, yeah. integrated communications, PR, but they've got some big, big um, brands on their books and yet their revenue seems to be doing quite well at least. Yeah, it's, it's probably one of the, the few ASX listed small caps that looks sort of quite cheap on, on an earnings growth outlook, despite sort of the share, cri the share price strength over the last coming while um look it, it's an interesting because it is quite global they're they're all around the world uh with with this one and i obviously see continue to see some earnings upside with this one and and sort of a strong tech pipeline which gives opportunities for them to look at some more mergers and acquisitions going forward yeah for me i don't get too excited about communications and ir and those kinds of businesses i suspect they make some good money but it's just something that I really don't get involved in. So I'm going to say and avoid because I don't really understand the business. It is um, important can I, to can be able to... I, yep, Jimbe, go ahead. Can I just jump in? Now, it's all coming back to me now. Um, so this is the old Photon Group, but that's it. Yes, um, you know, I, I, I absolutely love marketing and communication businesses, but and then they're very key person centric. So, you know, previously the problem was that a lot of um, key managers left and then they lost all the talent and they lost the account. Now, one thing I can say about this one is absolutely weren't more work. And two is that at the moment, every company we have heard from during this reporting season have talked to increasing marketing spends, um, you know, uh, increasing, you know, brand imaging sort of uh, or technology marketing systems sort of spent. Um, so we are seeing a lot of money being thrown at uh, throwing at the marketing and communication front. So um, honestly, I think they at the moment, the macro environment is pretty good for this business. Usually they do well when the you know there's a lot of demand, their margin expand and things, um, and there's a lot more activity to go around. Um, but um, you know, obviously you have to do work into this, but the environment seems to be pretty good for this company. Yeah, interesting that it is a cyclical business as well. Thank you for all of that. Uh, Jim Beilu from Tribeca Investment Partners, Adam Dawes from Shaw & Partners, Look, I can't wait till we can sit in the studio together. But in the meantime, it's great to have you guys joining us virtually. Adam, you've got to go get those flowers uh, for your wife on okay. the way home. Uh, just say that, put that out there. And Junbei, I do hope you have a really good weekend. And we look forward to speaking with you both soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. OK, I'll um, just quickly wrap it up for you. I won't go into too much detail. But if we're talking about um, the last company, or first on the list, Evolution Mining, they both like it. They're not passionate about it. It's a hold for both. Adam has ranked his gold miners, Newcrest, Northern Star, followed by Evolution. Northern Star is top of the list for Jumbe, but she says, look, it's just 
not a really exciting time to be in gold. So that might explain uh, the gold price question that was posed as well. Antiotech, it's an avoid for June Bay. It's risky. These things might have a lot of potential, but there's a lot that can go wrong as they look to execute and get to commercialization and production. And that's the issue for Adam as well. It's a hold for him. Retail Food Group is a buy high risk for Adam Dawes from Sean Partners. The um, Sean Partners has a buy on the stock. He does see that there are catalysts in its future, but it is high risk. June says any challenge, any turnaround is very challenging. This one in particular, she's avoiding it, but she would look more favorably on a Domino's pizza as a bit of a bonus. BAPCOR, it's a hold for both of our guests. Anero Group was last on the list. It's an avoid for Adam. He doesn't understand these businesses, but it's looking pretty interesting to Junbei, who's going to be doing a bit more work on that one. EGG was the ticker code there. Listen, that brings us to the end of the program for today. Of course, we'll do this all over again on Monday where Koshi's back and he's going to be doing a bit of a stock series for stock of the day. So companies that you'd want to hold to help fund. Well, it could be education costs for your children, for your grandchildren. So we'll get a bit of a stock of the day theme going for the long term. That starts Monday. If you have a question, you can email us at the call osbiz.com.au or we're always on Twitter at AusBizTV, and you can check out that fantasy portfolio at ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60.